2: My guest today is Dr. Bo Daniels. Bo is the director of integrated sports medicine at the Mamba Sports Academy. He is the team chiropractor for the Los Angeles Rams, and he has helped so many people with their health and wellness, including me. You can find him on Instagram at bo_daniels. Daniels. Dr. Bo Daniels, welcome to American Glutton. Thanks for having me. I want to just give a little preamble here and say I have been seeing you for years for physical ailments. And I think it's important to note that having been as big as I was in more just statistical norms, right? So we could say there are averages and the average person doesn't put as much force onto their joints as maybe I had in my youth. And I still do because... I'm still far above the average just in size. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, having seen you for a long time, you were the only guy who I could go in and we could just like really figure out what was going on and fix it right away. And there's a lot I want to talk to you about that. And I don't want to make it categorically just big people, but I think- because I think there's also some huge validity to you working with smaller guys who have the the desire or goal to put on size. That's also a valid goal. But I think for me, for people who are overweight and looking to cut down on weight, I want to hear your thoughts on what some things we could do to mitigate the The fact that we've been putting excess pressure on our ankles, our feet, our knees, because I still like to do squats, but I know and I have very strong muscles in my legs, but I notice some knee issues that I get scared of. What is that feeling that I'm feeling when I'm doing a squat? And it's fear, you Uh, know? Yeah, absolutely. It's fear and maybe like a sense that that joint Though the muscles around it are quite strong, that joint has taken a little extra licking than maybe it should have. Right, and so I'm really interested to hear from you what some of these things are. Plus, you work with football players who are a lot of them are massive, and so that's got to be a concern of
3: theirs too. They're, They're big boys, and you know, it's with the football guys. It's a little different because one of the things that they've done is they've they've progressively got that size and gotten used to it over time, right? right? Through exercise, through working out. And so their bodies are used to a certain load. Now, that doesn't mean they're not trashed after an NFL game. You right. know, that, that was one of the most eye-opening experiences I've ever had is working with these guys, seeing what they do, and then understanding what it takes to get ready for that next game. That is mind-numbing. I, I don't It's crazy.
2: And, and with something like that, you have a week to get them back to as close to top peak performance as possible.
3: Most cases a week and sometimes less than a week, you know, three, four days with these Thursday night games, things like that. It's, it's crazy. And it takes every bit of that time. And the, the, the staff does such a good job of getting these guys back and ready to go. But, you know, the key there is that they've taken time to get to that place, right? They've gradually gotten bigger, stronger, faster, and and able to carry that load and carry it very proficiently. I mean there's guys that weigh 345 that can run me down no problem. Wow. Which that's that's terrifying. Yeah. And you know that that just tells you how athletic these guys are and how big they are. Now that being said, you know somebody who has not necessarily gained weight from exercise and athletic proficiency, they're they're going to struggle when they do get moving and and when they do start that and you know, I, I I think your recent journey, you started losing weight first, and then you started beefing up what you did regarding exercise. For that, sure. That's correct, right? A
2: hundred percent. I mean, and this is a good thing to bring up because I think that to go from my size, I think there was the the most strenuous exercise I could do at my heaviest was like, Maybe I'll make it around the block walking, right? Right, and that was a that was truly a workout, like pouring sweat, like an anaerobic workout. Very different to what I can do today. Very different than what I could do, like a hundred pounds into my weight loss, two hundred right. pounds into my weight loss. So yeah, I think those are are key. So if there's somebody who's going like I need to lose fifty pounds, and obviously all bodies are different. I wouldn't necessarily advocate that, well, just start by walking around the block, although maybe that is right. But I'm just saying, like, there are different gradients here.
3: Right, and I I think the concept here and the overall big picture is start with something you can do that you can recover from. Right. That's the biggest thing, right? And if it is walking around the block, it's walking around the block. And then in two weeks, you can walk around the block twice. Right. You know, and the the times where I see people injure themselves... They're they're not a, a progression. You know, you walk around the block once, you walk around the block twice, and then you go run a half marathon. You know, I'm exaggerating obviously, but you understand where I'm going. It's yeah. like people do that. People do it all the time. And and you know, if people had this nice clean progression, I'd be way less busy.
2: And this is this is also similar to weight loss, where and 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 I suffer from this. I even have to talk myself through this today, where it's like. I just want to lose it all right now as fast as possible. I don't want to take maintenance periods. I don't want to take diet breaks. I just want to go from wherever I am to my goal as quickly as possible. And I think that that is a really good thing to talk about, whether it be diet, whether it be losing weight, whether it be building muscle. That progression and allowing that progression to be kind of steady is really key because none of these football players who are 300 pounds and can run you down are 300 plus. I bet that's not even. The biggest. I bet you got four hundred pound football players now. No, no four hundred pounders. Three but 350s. high threes, three fifties. That's yeah. big. Wasn't Refrigerator Perry three hundred pounds? Yeah, I think he was up in the three
3: seventy five. Okay, like so I he mean,
2: was really big. Yeah, <laughs> I, w- I keep hoping that somebody's going to just crush his weight record.
3: There's a few guys that are up there, and uh, you know, none on the team that I work with. But right. it's you know, you're you're getting into these more athletic type of movements, and not necessarily just smash mouth type stuff. Yeah. But uh, it's, it, it, I'll tell you what, there's a lot of different builds, there's a lot of different body types, and it's one of the things that really interests me the most is how each body type learns to be proficient at the same position that somebody has a completely different body type. Right. And so, you know, that that's a very interesting. Uh, it,
2: it, it, it is a wild thought that somebody who's 375 pounds could be Dealing with a guy who's 275 pounds and they could, you know, I would always think the guy who's 375 pounds, who's running into the littler
3: guy is going to win, but not necessarily because there's technique involved and explosiveness, you know, leverage there, there's functional strength versus just mass, big, big strong man, you know? Yeah. And so there's, there's a lot of different factors that go into it. And, and that's, that's the interest of, you know, sports in general.
2: Yeah. And so while, Certainly genetics can play a role in any of that. None of those guys just woke up one day at 350 pounds, able to run quick and decided like, I'm going to go into the NFL. This is like very, very long-term
3: progression. These guys work extremely hard. Right. And they have for a long time. And, and that's, there's a lot of respect that, you know, should be given for that purpose.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And so with weight building or weight loss, Mm -hmm. it's kind of got to be looked at in a similar way where it's got to be broken down. If you're going to trash your body so hard in one workout, trying to get in just that one workout to whatever your all-time goal is, then you're going to screw up the next day's workout. And so when you're talking about fixing a guy in three or four days, you're also talking about having all of the highest level science and a billion dollar machine behind you that's going like, we need this guy on Thursday. So you guys are going to figure out everything that's possible to do. Now, we're going to have a bunch of people at home who are just going like, what do I do? And so I'm hoping we can just, you know, impart some ideas. And like you said, that's great. Take a walk today do whatever you can, but, but isn't it key to keep in mind that you got to do it the next day or the day after the next or whatever it is?
3: The the whole concept with anything. And I I think, you know, I, I coached for a long time. I come from a coaching background. I played, I coached for a long time. I coach youth and I coach professional and a bunch of different, you know, age groups, sustainable habits, right? You have to create a sustainable habit. And, if it's working out, if it's eating, if it's a skill that you're trying to learn, it's a craft, it's your job, whatever it is, it's sustainable habits. And, you know, I had a coach that always told me, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. And there's all these little sayings, I think I've heard you say a few of them, that, that basically means, you know, you, you, uh, a long journey starts with a single step, you know, that kind of stuff. It's all these sayings, they basically say, start off with what you can handle. Make change that's sustainable over time and make change that won't set you back. And and that's the thing that we're talking about. It's, you know, if you're trying to make a change with, you know, body composition, is it eating? Is it working out? Is it sleep and recovery? You know, what is it? It's probably all of that. But is it all of it at once? No. And And I think, you know, some of the most successful systems that I've seen is people that have taken all this information organized it or packaged it properly and given someone a, a a plan that they can sustain. And and that's the reality of it. And that's why there's so much variability in, hey, I did this plan and it worked. But then two years later, I did this plan and it worked too. And so they're not, they're different. One's not wrong, one's not right, but it was right at that time. And it was right because you could sustain it over time. And so those are the kind of things that I see. And, you know, being... Being a chiropractor, I am limited in some of the things I'm able to do. I'm not a surgeon. I don't prescribe medicine. And so I'm limited to, I have to figure this out. I have to understand if I'm able to help, right? Because, you know, like in the NFL, I'm a small piece of a very big puzzle. And I help where I can help, right? But the majority of things happen outside of my realm. And so with my patients, I sit and we say, okay, I can help you with this. It's not going to be fixed today. We're going to have three or four visits, 10 visits, 12 visits where it says uh, we're going to work on this first. Then we're going to rehab this. Then you're going to change your shoes or the way you walk or however it is. Right. And we're going to make change over time. But organizing and packaging that information to where you understand what that progression is. That's the key. The The key is. And I, I, I don't like to say this word because I think it's a negative connotation, productizing. Sure. Right? People think, oh, you're trying to sell me something I don't need. The, the reality is all it, all it is is organizing the product to where you can make sense of it and say, okay, I, I, I buy into that. Right. I understand it. And so that, that's, again, that's real big 30,000 foot philosophy type stuff, but that, that's really truly what I believe.
2: Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I think I'm right there with you. If we look at those three components you mentioned, fuel, food, exercise, output of energy, and recovery, I I can't think of anything that's more key to any physical goal than those three things. And obviously, you can fine-tune each of them. And then also, what you were talking about with one can't mess up another one. So, like, I could sit here and go, I've planned out my my food for the day, I, I I have a general sense of what my energy output is. And then but I I want my weight loss to be very slow because I'm really trying to retain muscle. Right. Now I could just do cardio all day. If I do cardio all day, my body's not gonna get enough fuel from the food I've allotted it and I'm gonna eat muscle. So those two are in conflict. Also I could do cardio for 24 hours straight and not give myself any time to recover. Mm-hmm. And and now I've messed up sleep, I've messed up food, like each one of those things is kind of dependent on the other thing. How much exercise are you doing? How much are you eating? And I know for me, the exercise I'm doing right now is almost purely functional in I want to lose fat only, but I've got probably more muscle than I need naturally, and in order to trick my body into not using the muscle while I'm in a caloric deficit, because it could, it could just go like, you've gone from necessary 3,000 calories. These are hypotheticals. I don't like to talk about my calories because I do (laughs) think they're individual to each person. And I wouldn't want somebody to just go, well, I'm going to eat that many calories because he did it. And it's like,
3: well, and they will. Right. People will.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, And no, that's not right. So these are hypothetical Mm -hmm. numbers. 3,000 calories a day. I'm going to go to 500. Now I'm in a deficit. And, and if I, if I then If I then exercise so much that I actually require 3,500 or 4,000, my body could just go like, well, we're going to start eating muscle because the more muscle we eat, the less calories you need. And so it's got to be a slight deficit and then a slight gaming of the body and going like the body doesn't know we're in a gym. It thinks we're out hunting and foraging. So if you use the muscles in a specific way, it can't. Get rid of them because it thinks this is survival, right? So there's all those little factors that go into the long thing. And when you talk about productizing, I I agree that I think there is a lot of like this product will save you. Now, when I think about shoes, which you mentioned changing somebody's shoes, if my source of exercise is just going to be walking around, but the shoes are hurting my feet, obviously that's the first thing I want to look to change. Can I make my walk easier to recover from, easier to get through? Because the the act of walking really isn't about building strong feet, it's about using energy, right? Right, And so that's where I can see certain products now, you know, they have those um, little shoes where your toes are in gloves, and, and you hear like, this, is you have to wear these. There's a whole school of people that's like, if you're walking outside and not wearing these, you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I tried those and I couldn't walk as far because my feet hurt because I've fallen arches. And, like, there's a plethora of re- justifiable reasons I could give for those not working for me. But at the, the end of the day, they just didn't work for me.
3: Yeah, and I felt like an idiot wearing well, them. Well, yeah. <laughs> there's that, right? And then there's the way that they look. And that's interesting, yeah. right? But the I remember when, and I think it started with that book, Born to Run, right? And everybody read it and they're like, you know what? I'm going to go run marathons barefoot. And And— The injuries that I saw immediately, they just pop up. It's like my feet are, I have bruises, Jones, like I have all these different things pop up, right? And it's like, okay, people, again, going back to that philosophy, I'm not arguing that that's not great, right? That is probably awesome. Now, you've been in a shoe which is contoured to the bottom of your foot, and then the shoe on the bottom of it is contoured flat to most surface that we walk on. Cool. Your foot has no ability to adapt because it hasn't had to forever. And so all of a sudden, now you want to just switch and you're like, I'm going to make my foot adapt to everything. That's the same thing as going from walking two laps around the block to running a half marathon. You just don't do that. Right. And so it's progression over time. And if you really wanted to wear those shoes, which, again, you have to be comfortable with how they look. (laughs) Hey,
2: mental is a big nope. part of this. So if you walk outside thinking like I look like an idiot, that's going to have some effect on you. Well,
3: Sorry. There's, no. There's something to be said about the way they look. It's like, man, you, you've got to do a better job. Yeah, <laughs> it's I ridiculous. agree. But I understand the concept and I don't disagree with it at all. But again, it goes back to maybe you wear them for an hour a day around the house just to get used to them. And then two hours and then you you try and walk around the block once. It's the same sort of slow progression, organized thought process, some sort of long-term plan that, that that will give you the ability to be successful in that change if that's something you really wanted to do. Right. Now, if that's what you want to do, great. I, it's fine. Again, I don't like speaking for
2: everyone or saying anything has universal truth. Right. So I've found for myself that I will have the tendency to go like factory-produced meat is bad. Right. It seems bad to me. It doesn't seem like it's, seems gross, right? Well, now I'm, I'm gonna go hunt. But you know what? I don't need a gun. I'm gonna hunt with a knife or a sharpened stick. You know what I mean? And then it's like, well, no, that's all way too hard. I'm not doing anything. Right. I'm just gonna eat packaged meat. So, this kind of cyclical thing, or I find myself in the woods one weekend with a sharpened stick shivering, terrified of bears going like, what the hell am I doing out here? I'm certainly not doing this again. And I just think with anything, weight loss, exercise, recovery, wearing those crazy, ugly caveman (laughs) shoes, we can get into like, this is the way it has to be. So that's how I'm going to do it right now and then fail and then give up. Because we don't allow for, I don't always allow, I haven't always allowed, I've gotten a lot better. But I sell. I'll tell you that even today, I have to talk myself through these steps because my instinct is, I should be like this, I'm just going to be like this today. right? You know, I should be able to do 10 miles up a mountain with a heavy load on my back. And you know what? I try that, and then I can't walk for a couple of days because my back hurts so bad. And it's like, well, idiot, why not just try the ten miles first, and then, you know, and then carry a heavy canteen of water or something, and progress over time to what you think you should be doing.
3: Yeah. No. Absolutely. And and I I really do think that that philosophy applies across the board for making change.
2: And do you see that with like? Here's where I get uh, stuck sometimes because I just have an assumption that and, and, and it's a bias that anybody doing professional sports is just genetically gifted and and they're not thinking in these ways. And then I can talk myself into going, well, they just accidentally did this over time, but. When they were in high school, they were genetically enhanced or or whatever gifted, and so they didn't have to think about it the way I have to think about it. Do you do you notice guys at the pro level who are still thinking in terms of I wanna I wanna I don't know what any of this means. I want to shave seconds or time off of X four hundred yards. I don't know how professional athletes were able. Whatever. I, I, when I look at it, it's like the. Uh, the bench press at the combine, that's always because I was actually kind of um, competitive in that one right, thing. Right. Like, how many times can I throw up 225? And I could do it a lot. Do you think a guy like that is is—is ever thinking, you know, I, I think the dude that was maybe Hawaiian or Samoan or, or, or did some like 49 or 50 right. reps or something, do you think he's ever going like, how do I get two more?
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that's the athletic mindset is pure competition. I have to win. Right. I have to find a way to win. And it's, is it necessarily I have to beat you? No, it's I have to beat me. Right. I have to beat me yesterday. And that's a a more healthy approach, a more healthy mindset is I have to beat me yesterday rather than looking around and going, I just got to be a little better than everyone else. Right. But that all being said, you know, to go back to, are these people genetically enhanced or gifted or w- w- whatever you you know, want to use for, for terminology so, some of them yeah but but some of them is is purely mindset they are they will not be deterred right maybe they have speed but they don't have the ability to to catch or turn or jump or whatever it is right and you know maybe they they have the mindset but they don't have the the speed or the athleticism they're, they're going to find a way to win and you can put different athletes in the categories and that that's my one of my big interests is the different body types and the different skill sets that find ways to be successful. They've found a way. They said, "Okay, here's what I got. I'm never going to outrun that guy, so I got to be smarter than him or I got to be stronger than him, so that's what I'm going to do." And and that's the puzzle of being an athlete or being a competitor is figuring out what you can do to win. Gaming your opponent, right? Gaming your opponent into I'm going to bait him this way and then change that direction this way. There's all those different pieces and it's not necessarily just I'm genetically gifted or I've always been super strong or whatever it is. There's so many variables. And and that's why we turn on the TV and watch the game, you know? Yeah.
2: Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I think that my plea... To myself and my plea to anybody who is at the beginning of a journey near to where I was at my beginning, or anybody who deals with the same kind of crap in their mind that I deal with, because I deal with a lot of crap I'm almost constantly arguing with myself, is... Like if we want to take inspiration from one of these guys, these super athletes who are 350 pounds and running faster than most average 225 pound guys or what, you know, I don't know what averages are in America anymore. Whatever. You get my point. The amount of work they have to do to improve is so much more than the amount of work I had to do in the beginning to improve anybody at the beginning of any of these kind of journeys will have to do like you can just do one little notch of effort and watch a cascade of improvements. Mm -hmm. And it's actually those guys who are, who have been working for 10, 15, 20 years that have to work 50 times harder to move the dial at all. And they'll do it. They're gonna do it. They're gonna work so hard to see some improvement that would be utterly meaningless to me. Right. Mine was initially something like walking around the block. Well, guess what? In a few weeks I could walk a mile. That's a massive improvement. You know what I mean? I I I lost 80 pounds in two months. That's a massive improvement. I heard that, and I, I was I was blown away. Yeah, I it's mean, unbelievable. That's something I think about, and I go like, but I still had to. It still wasn't everything. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I didn't get from where I was to where I wanted to be. It's taken eighteen years basically to get very close, and now and now I notice, in order to make improvements it's a lot more work. And I go back to remember how easy it was to lose that first 80 pounds and it seemed so daunting but in retrospect it was like nothing. 2 months.
3: Right. No, and I and I think the 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 thing to take away from this is, you know, the self-doubt, the the things that go on in your head. I think we put these athletes up on a pedestal. They battle the same thing every single day. A- am I good enough? Am I going to be able to when am I going to be able to bench press 225, 49 times? Like yeah. there, there's all these pieces that, that happen in the athlete's head. And I think we don't realize that. We, we watch them compete and we're like, oh my goodness, they don't have to deal with the same things I do. They, they have to deal with quite a bit. And the thing to take home is there's a way to get around it. There's a way to get by it. And it's pieces over time. And I think that the athlete mindset is just more adapt, adept to understanding that longevity than than maybe you or myself. And and we struggle a little more with that long term goal, right? Whereas the the athlete has they understand it. I'm gonna get this much better today and then tomorrow I'm gonna get a little better. And you know, there's all those sayings, you know, one percent better every day. Sure. And Rome wasn't built in a day.
2: Yeah, we say kill your clone. Kill your clone. Yeah. I, I heard that. Yeah. I love it. Kill your clone. And like you said. Mm-hmm. Am I going
3: to beat yesterday's guy? Right, that's it, and that 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 keeps your focus small because it can get overwhelming. If you really look down the road, it gets overwhelming because maybe where you want to go, and I think you use the term daunting, where you want to go is that that's daunting. But can I get a little bit better tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, I can do that.
2: And do you think setting short-term goals is important? Like, because because I can think about it in two ways. I can think like. What's my long-term goal and what's the path that's going to get me to that long-term goal? And then I just go like, I'm a hamster on a churning wheel. I'll just do that until I get there. And then I think also sometimes I can look across that field of the long-term goal and go, well, there's going to be some some things I can achieve or some markers or some benchmarks along the way that I can track. So now I'm just going to aim for that. And I'm gonna to get to that, and then I'm gonna look for the next one and have in my mind distantly this kind of overall picture.
3: I do, and I, I, those kind of exercises where you do, you know, a year goal, a five-year goal, a 10-year goal, those are great. Those are long time periods, right? So if you don't break them down into a six-month goal, six-month goal, a 90-day goal, a 30-day goal, one week, it's, it's gonna be really difficult to keep the carrot in front of you, so to speak, right? And so I'm a big believer in, and I've said it a bunch of times, organizing your plan. Organize your plan, chop it up into pieces, make sure that you can achieve that next piece. Goal setting is one of the most important things you can do in, 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 and this is me, my opinion, in life in general, right, is by the end of this week, I have to accomplish this. By the end of this month, I have to accomplish that. And, And if you don't set those goals properly and you set them too high or too low, you're just not achieving what your potential is. And so whether you're coaching an athlete or working with somebody on weight loss or training or a patient, whatever it is, you really have to communicate well what those goals are and and how they're achievable and put them in the right perspective. And that's where I've seen success become attainable to people that maybe success was again, some daunting task, right? So, you know, from a, Big picture perspective, yeah. That that's that's the way I think uh, about most things. I'm, I'm very organized, pragmatic with those type of things, and um, so, so far so good. Yeah, I, I I I can.
2: It's it is it is certainly one thing to like understand these principles, and I, I will say that I have even gone like this is how I'm going to do it, and then I'll look at whatever a a short term goal is for a month. And on day one, I will be trying to do that. You know, Mm -hmm. typically it's with like weights and it's like, can I get six sets at 295 instead of four sets or whatever, something. These are again, hypothetical.
1: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news?
2: And I and I think it is. It actually requires more effort for me to slow down and pace myself. It requires more f- mental effort to keep reps in reserve than it does to just try to go like I'm going to get it all today. I think many of the times that I've had to come and see you are actually caused <laughs> by, you know, through the past ten years, me going like. Today's today's the day that I reached the goal that I had set for six months from now. I don't care. I'm doing it, and then I'm in your office going like, "Oh my god, did I ruin myself?" And you're right. like, "No, it's okay. We're gonna fix. This. We got this." Right? Yeah.
3: No. And I, yeah, as I think back, I think I think you're dead on. It's it's every time you made some, uh, and and for lack of a better word, ridiculous jump, right? And it's not ridiculous to you. It's ridiculous in the whole scheme of things. It's like, well, I was doing this. And I decided that wasn't enough, so I did this. It's like, hold on, why? Yeah, like, cause I had to. I had to do it. Right. Like, okay. Well, let's help you with this. And I felt the divine urge. <laughs> Bo, <Beau. laughs> it's it's fighting that man. It's fighting that. And and being a, a and, and I put myself in this category, being a big stupid guy. That's what we do. We go. You know what? Ten years ago, I was able to bench press two ninety five or whatever it was. Throw it on. Let's go and you tear a pack. You know, it's like that's not very smart. Right. But. Unfortunately, I'm a big stupid guy, and that's the way we think, right? And so it's constantly battling that, and and that's where that organized approach, where you you buy into something and go, okay, I got to stick with this. Th- that's where you kind of talk yourself out of it.
2: Yeah, I am, I am advocating for all these things, and I will just say, I've I have ruptured a bicep, I've had meniscus surgery, I have you know, thoroughly dehydrated myself doing cardio on a bicycle in 110 degree weather to the point that I had to go get an IV. Like I have failed at pacing myself so thoroughly so many times that it's required surgery. It's required hospitalization. It's like I cannot emphasize enough what this, the ideas that you're saying, how vitally necessary they are. Now, it's a double edged sword too, because you can get so into pacing yourself that you're actually, and I I think maybe not in the beginning. I think in the very beginning, if you're on like day one, kind of anything you do, you're going to, it's going to be good. And you can, you can really pace yourself and it's, and you can actually go nowhere near your potential and you're going to get a result from, from all the sciencey stuff that I've read, it's right. like newbies yep. and the gains they'll make is like, you didn't even have to really work. Like the amount of effort you have to put in is right. really minimal. thinking about working and yeah, in real ways. And it's like, good, you're, right. you're making gains. Then there becomes the point where you're like in the middle of your pro in, in the middle of your journey or towards the end. And there is a point in time where it's like, yeah, you don't want to You don't want to overdo it because you won't be able to recover or you'll hurt yourself. Right. But at the same time, you don't want to pace yourself too much because there is that point where you're actually not going to be getting better. Right. And it's kind of like from everything I've read there, and because bodies are all so different, composed differently, running on different sources of fuel,
3: there's no math that's going to tell you what to do. No, and, and you're right. And this is this is where I think uh, expertise really plays a big role, right? And and not everyone's as proficient or, or experienced as you is seeing something and recognizing mm-hmm. I have to make a change, right? So there there are products like uh, P90X, for for example, and they talk about muscle confusion, and you know, is that really a scientific thing? Eh, maybe, but. The way that they talk about it, they make you understand that you have to do something different in order to make a breakthrough, right? Very, very easy concept to understand, and that's where they had success. They had yeah. success with a very organized product with those kind of concepts, right? You, you have people that, and this is what I've seen in the market, people want to have something that they can count on. They want an expectation to be met, so they will go to something three days a week, every day, two days a week, and it's the same thing. It's the same workout, whether it's some sort of spin, some sort of yoga, some sort of rowing over time and heart rate exercise, but it's the same thing. And they get great gains in the beginning, but then eventually it tapers off. And they wonder, they're like, oh, why why am I not you know, losing any more weight and I'm not making any gains? And I'm like, well, what are you doing? Oh, I do, I do this every day. And I, I won't name any names and places and things, but I do this every day and it's the same repetitive thing. And I'm like, well, you, your body's adapted, right? So what you need to do is talk to an expert, understand what your goals are. And this is where goal setting becomes a huge play, right? Understand your goals and why you're not hitting them. And then let's make a plan with somebody who is an expert to go down that road. And one of the big things that deters people from that is it's really hard to explain that. But what's easy is show up, you know, use your key fob or whatever it is, click, and do the same workout every day. There's an expectation. I meet that expectation. I feel really good about it. You might feel really good, but are you hitting your goals? And that's exactly what you're talking about. And that's what I'm seeing today a ton of is systems, uh, products, clubs, whatever it is that do the same thing, and people love it. They are so diehard. They're all about it. It's like... I go in, I get a great workout, and I leave, and I feel like a million bucks. And there's a great piece of mental health that goes with that, and I won't discredit that at all. There's a That's a fantastic thing and needs to be intertwined with physical. I think you've talked about that before. But you have to do something different. You have to continue to achieve your goals, and that's where experts come in, customization. But that's really difficult to explain why it's important, and that's the hurdle of— The the fitness or the wellness or whatever you want to call it, that's the hurdle that you have to jump over to get to your goals is education. Yeah, you know people need to be educated and and open their minds to. Man, I do need to go talk to somebody now. In the initial stages, man, get going, get to some goals. When you start to plateau, that's when it's most critical. But um, uh, again, I, I think that doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah, it, it lends to a plateau, right? You can't emphasize this enough. I,
2: I was for a few years, I would go to the gym and lift weights, and my and and by the way, I spent two years riding a bicycle, and it wasn't until kind of the end that I had to go like, I'm not getting really faster. I ride my bike eight hours a day and they say it doesn't get easier. You just get faster. And I'm like, it's killing me to try to lose a pound of weight now. And like, I'm just not really finding that I can do a hundred miles much faster than I was three months ago. It's all kind of evened out. And then kind of the same thing with weights. I'm just going in and lifting weights. And with anything the body is, I think, a really dumb, super smart machine. <laughs> like, it's so high tech and so stupid at the same time. And we're in such conflict because my body, its number one priority is survive my number one priority obviously is survive but my body wants to survive by storing fat like that's what it thinks is surviving right it's terrified that i'm going to starve to death and i keep telling it there's a there's 10 million calories at the gas station that cost $2.50. And I've got $2.50 20 times over that I can buy these 10 million calories with, we're not gonna starve. And my body is terrified of starving. So it's so we're in conflict. And then I go, Well, I'm gonna just have this caloric deficit and do my compound movements, pull-ups, bench press deadlifts. Right. Those I'm basically exercising every muscle in my body. <laughs> and my body's going like, well, after a couple weeks of this, we're going to start eating this muscle cuz we can figure it out. Right. You know. And so I think it's really important with whatever you're doing if it's stuff like uh, P90X or or whatever to change up the movements. If it's weightlifting, you got to use progressive overload, which is enough of a change that your body's like, wait a second, we were doing 225 last week and now we're doing 235 and we can't adapt. You just can trick it that easily, basically. Right. And, you know, get kind of scientific. And, and I don't think it has to, listen, I, I love you. I love seeing you. I think you're a fantastic coach. I don't think everybody can afford to see you, right? You know, I think the the Rams have dibs. First of all, that's a pretty big deal. But these principles—you've just given away the secret to people. You know what I mean?
3: Well, that everybody knows the secret. That the the secret is not the piece of the puzzle that's most vital right it's how does the secret apply to you right and how can I maintain it over time and and the re- reality is support right if you have a good support system whether it's me or you or your wife or kid whatever it is right and uh, or friends right friends are great support systems you you've got to hold yourself accountable over time and make a plan to be organized it's not there, there's no magic in this you know secret to longevity or whatever you want to call it right it's Look, I uh, I understand that to build something great it takes time. Right. Cool, everyone understands that concept, right? They can't do everything all at once, but to understand it and to apply it, that's the disconnect, and it requires some education, some perseverance, some trial and error. Right? You know, it's there, there's lots of different pieces to the puzzle, and most people get discouraged. Yeah, they just get discouraged, and then they're done. Whether it's from lack of support, whether it's lack of education, information, or just you know what? I'm tired of failing. Yeah. And the the reality is you're going to fail all the time. And and you got to get resilient to failing and still achieve your goal. Yeah.
2: It can be as simple as like doing P90X for a few months mm-hmm. and not I've never done P90X, but I think I, it's a video and you do like all crazy cardio type movements, oh, it was, right?
3: It was huge
2: back
4: in... It's not that long ago. Like maybe, or was it? Maybe it's... Were you a
3: P90X person, Paige? I um, don't say like
4: No, that? I think I tried it or aver- there were... I think they came out with a number of different... Like
3: 08, 09, Yeah. Somewhere, somewhere in there. And And... I was really fascinated with how organized it was. Mm-hmm. So organized and you followed it. And so I was bored and I was like, you know what? I'm doing this. I'm going I'm to go all in. And I went all in. And it It was great. Right. I was way less functional. Like, and I was playing beach volleyball at the time, right? And I recognized I couldn't move as well. I, 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 it just didn't work for me as an app, but I was shredded. Mm-hmm. And the meal plan, was it the best meal plan ever? I remember eating a lot of cottage cheese. really not a fan, but I was like, whatever, it's fine. Um, But it was well mapped out, right? And so it it lended great results for that period of time. And I didn't have a ton to lose or change or anything like that. So it wasn't this drastic story, but it worked. Yeah. And and it worked because it was really organized and and I stuck to it. Right. I was bored. So it it was one of those things where if, if you have a good plan, you're going to get a good result. Yeah.
4: So everything that, you guys have been talking about here is so valuable. And I'm thinking of it in terms, like coming from a female perspective. I'm like, okay, sustainable habits and everything you've discussed. Is there, do you notice a difference for women in terms of how they, you're dealing with female athletes, I'm sure, not just the Rams and females come to see you, Like, is there a difference in, does all of this apply to a woman just like it does to a man? Do you notice a difference between how a female approaches things? Cause you're, you know, you guys are joking like us, big dumb guys, and this is how we do things, you know? But what about for women?
3: You know, it's, so put it all in perspective, I spend a very small amount of time with the Rams. Yeah. Now it takes its toll on my hands, my body, et cetera. But, and I'm talking with them a lot, but I spend a very small amount of time with them. My the the time that I spend with my patients is probably where, where I spend the majority of time as a clinician in and, and my private practice, which is a lot of women. And, you know, to, to answer your question from a philosophy standpoint, no, it's no different. Okay. Now, in the application, there's, there's more complexities. Women tend to not respond as quickly and get discouraged very, very quick, especially 35 to 50 type range.
4: Yeah, which I just want to say... Maybe I'm closer to 35. We don't know. Um, but like, it's crazy. And it's this thing that a lot of my friends talk about. As you get older, it's harder to lose weight. And why can my husband, you know, just go in the gym or stop eating this for a week? But there's truth in that.
3: There is. There is. And, you know, I honestly think it's easier for, for guys because we can follow a simple plan. And as long as we're good with it, we go, right? Our bodies are less complicated. Uh, female and and again... I'm not an expert here. This is what I see over time. And what I what I typically do is say, hey, something's not right. Let's get you to somebody who knows a lot more than I do mm-hmm. so that they can help you fix this. And right. if it's hormone balance, metabolism, sleeping patterns, whatever it is, there's a complexity that affects the hormones and you just don't burn fat. And it's very difficult and it's extremely frustrating. And I've seen you know, clients that I've had personal training, I've seen patients that I've had over time be extremely, extremely discouraged. And, you know, I think one of the things I try to take pride in is keeping you going, right? It's okay to be discouraged. Let's find a different way to focus. Let's find someone who can help you with this. Cause there are experts out there, there are incredibly intelligent people that we just have to use as resources and say, this is what's going on, help me fix this. Cool. Yeah. There's there's tons of them, right? And you know, with the way the world is intertwined now, they they're right at our fingertips. And the ability to gain that information and make change is there, but you just have to have a little guidance. And yeah. so, you know, to answer your question more simply is much more difficult in my experience for females to do this kind of thing than males. Hmm.
4: Yeah, So listen to the person you're working with. If you need to see someone else to handle a hormone issue or whatever, then yeah, do that. By all
3: means, yeah. the resources are there. They mm-hmm.
2: really are. To say that everyone across the board, all women are the same in this manner and all men are the same in this manner. And, and if you're this weight, this is the amount of calories you will burn. It's just not going to hold up as truth in absolute terms. It's going to fall apart somewhere. You maybe don't sleep one night. Your body's going to not give up fat the next day as readily as it would if you had slept. You know what I mean? Like there's just these mechanisms. And as far as the human body being kind of a, a big, dumb, super smart machine, I'm just a dude. So I don't really necessarily couldn't talk about anybody else's body, but specifically women's who are big, dumb insanely smart machines that are capable of also producing another body and once a month they're going through a cycle of like i don't even know how to say this politely horror you know (laughs) like i mean i'm sorry it's like from from a dumb guy's perspective Mm -hmm. i'm like holy mackerel That is a terrifying experience that I can't conceive of happening once, let alone monthly, and what that must feel like. And, like, the idea of even giving blood, donating blood, I've known the few times I've done that, I've been wrecked for a day. So to to have to do that monthly, like, the whole thing is crazy. So certainly it's going to be different biologically from man to woman. The scientific fact of thermogenesis— Without the rest of that context, without adding in hormones and all of the other stuff will remain true that if you are outputting more energy than you're bringing in, you're going to lose weight. Now, to get that possibly because of all the other complexities,
3: it might be a lot harder. Right. Right. And to lose what weight. Right. Exactly. Muscle versus fat. Do you end up with this uh what's the term? Skinny fat. Uh-huh. Right. And and there's a there's a puzzle there, right? And then that's the limitation with science is we've proven that this thing under these controls, right, with these variables moved out of the way, this is what happens. And then what we try and do is apply that as Conversely. a blanket statement, yeah. right? and the 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 art with saying okay this is what we know now we recognize that bodies and and the way we sleep and the way we recover it's it's all different but this is a truth that we're going to hold and and say okay we're going to work on this you do have to recognize that there is a drastic limitation in that that's that's done with parameters yeah. and we don't necessarily have the ability to control those parameters and right. so that's that's where interpretation becomes a big deal.
2: Yeah, and they and the, there are plenty of studies that would show that like if if you're not thinking through these things and you just have on like a thing that's counting your steps and tracking it, but you're not going like I'm going to hit 5000 every day you, so you take all the thought out of it and you restrict calories you're going to take less steps uh-huh. just because the body is going to urge towards conservation of energy. So it, and, and I get into this, um, the separation, which I, I don't even know how to do it because I think that I have to go, there's me and there's my body. I can only think of them in two, in, 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 a, in a separation, Right. When I get really honest, me is fractured and there's all kinds of me's, right? And so there's the me that feels like seeing a movie right now and the me that feels like going to McDonald's after this. And there's all those me's who are constantly fighting. And then there's my body, which just wants to store fat because it knows there's a famine around the corner and it just wants to go like... Do as little as possible as far as exercise goes to to so we hold on to the savings account of energy, and I can't even imagine what your body's doing because mm-hmm. it's got that extra complication in there. So figure it out, Paige.
4: I'm on it. <laughs> I'm <gonna laughs> you, let you guys know what I work out, <laughs> but I have
2: noticed too uh, a lot of uh, it appealed to me early on because I could see such extreme rapid weight loss of like these really, really severely calorically restricted diets. 600 calories a day. I'm going to just shred weight. I was massive. So it was maybe not the worst thing I could have done. Obviously, long term, you don't want to do that. But I see the impulse, certainly more from women, to do something like that to get any kind of result at all. It's like, I want to just lose 10 pounds. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, don't do that. That's no, it,
4: crazy. It's it's so funny that you say that because that's I was just sitting here thinking, yeah, that's why women, I can speak for myself, I get that urge sometimes where I'm like, well, what can I do for two weeks? It's just going to make me lose 10 pounds real quick. Blah, blah, you know, because you want to see a result. right? Um, and so it's actually a discipline, I think, to just realize that's unhealthy, you know, just speaking from experience, I did all those things over my years. Um, And you do the quick one, you lose 10 pounds, but you gain it back at some point because it isn't sustainable at all. And then you do another one and so on and so forth. But yeah, it's interesting because there is that feeling like, well, it's not easy, like it maybe like it used to be, or like it is for the guy or whatever. And so you you get frustrated and you want to do something fast, but those are not, no one ever sticks to them.
2: You can't. You you'll can't. die. Yeah. I mean, you, the, the the end for pho- the end product of sticking to that diet is yeah. death. Right. And so, you know, yeah. I mean, literally, like that's. I think it uh, requires a bit more nuance, certainly, because I think it's it's the definition of it is not in complete uh harmony with this idea of just not eating but like if you if you withhold calories that extremely forever you will die yeah i was thinking of the word anorexia right um but i that that is a bit more than i think just dieting
4: yeah for sure
2: yeah I mean it is, yes, sorry. I don't mean to belittle that and just say these people are dieting. That's not what I was suggesting <laughs> yeah.
3: no it's a, it and I think it goes back to the mentality behind it, right? The mentality behind it is instant gratification. Mm-hmm. I need to lose, I need to lift, I need to do it now. and uh you know you you have to recognize that it's a process, and yeah. that that is that's a difficult thing mm-hmm. and but that's the thing that plagues us all. Because everything is right at our fingertips here, and so, you know. and I would say too,
2: if you're going to contrast it by like what my husband does or what a dude does, that's the same thing as me contrasting my goals to any other guy who I can't do that. It's just about what I did yesterday and what I'll be able to do tomorrow. And and I think, and it's not easy to think in those terms. It is a, it. It requires as much effort to think in those terms as it does to actually do the steps that it requires. Mm -hmm. And so I would just urge you or other human beings with your biology to work to beat yourselves and kill your clones. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. I I love that mentality. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, I only get in trouble in the gym When there's some young dude who's like half my size, who's putting up more weight. And so I, out of humility, I'm like, I'm going to lift that. I don't know what the hell that guy's program is. And so why why am I trying to match him? You know what I mean? I just need to beat myself. Okay? Yeah. Okay. Do you have any more girl questions? I feel like we could use some more girl (laughs) questions. Uh,
4: I mean, (laughs) now I'm I'm pressured.
2: I didn't say chick.
4: I know. Thank you. Yeah.
2: I I thought I'd I'd work it in.
4: (laughs) Uh, No, I, I think that touching on the quick fix, I think that for myself and I think some other women I know, like as we're getting a little older, it feels like it's more important to think about not so much weight loss, but just longevity and health and mobility and all of those things. So, you know, I don't know if women that you see are having that shift as well. But it's kind of like, we all need to stop worrying so much about the scale and all the, you know, obviously you want to be healthy, but it, it is longevity because I can think of so many people I know that are older and not mobile. I'm trying to personally keep that focus too, of just health, you know? So if I exercise three times a week at a class that I go to, it gets me there and I go, it's, it's you know, it's long-term.
3: No, and- you know, uh, uh, the way I always talk about it is quality of life. Mm-hmm. You know, I always say quality of life, and that's how we determine what is the next step in care, right? Is, are you satisfied with your quality of life, the ability to go do the things that you love? Is it hiking in the mountains? Is it waking up without pain? Is it throwing the ball with your kid? What What is the thing that makes you happy? And, you know, that's what I talk about a lot with, My female patients, my male patients is quality of life because ultimately that's what this whole quest is about is quality of life. Whether it's physical, mental, emotional, whatever it is, you've got to put all those things together, use the resources around you to achieve whatever that goal is. And so identifying that goal and putting it in a construct of quality and lifestyle, I think is really important and it's different for everybody. It really is, but... You know, some people's goals are uh, aesthetically, I want to fit into this dress or I look this way or oh, cool. That's great. Let's help you do that. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the the bigger picture long-term might be, why is that your goal in general? You know, is it your long-term goal? Is it your short-term goal? Does it, is it really going to make you happy or are you just going to check the box? You know, and, and those are all, the answers. all okay. It, it doesn't matter what it is. It's Uh, I I really do think that setting goals, pursuing them and achieving them is is something that keeps you going. You know, it keeps you moving. And I've heard so many times clients will come in and say, I signed up for a triathlon just so I would be held accountable. Great. Let's go. Let's make sure you can go and do that. And if that's what works, that's what works. And I think ultimately that mentality can be used in all aspects of life. And so, you know, not to get too philosophical, but that... That's kind of the way I talk about things with patients, clients, is quality of life and, and whatever that means, attacking that in a, in a certain way, whether it's working out or going to the beach more, whatever it is, right?
2: Yeah. Can, can we talk for one second, Dr. Bo, about um, either anecdotally what you've seen through your practice or if you have any further thing to say on the idea of women and um resistance training versus just strictly cardio because i when i look at the majority of the kind of exercise that my wife and my daughters do it's cardio i mean almost entirely cardio and and then i the more i think about it i wonder you know and not that i am saying women have to be jacked obviously you can be jacked if you're a chick and you want to be jacked that's fine but is there some benefit to also strength training just for
3: physicality,
2: like health? It's long term, it's not a benefit;
3: it's a must. Okay, one hundred percent a must. And you know the un, the unfortunate part about lifting weights is that people think you get jacked by lifting weights. Like, no, you you get jacked by lifting really heavy weights a certain way <laughs> right. over a certain period of time. Right? Yeah. It's it's. You know, I, I always laugh when, when guys are like, oh, I just, you know, maybe this works for you because your body's different than mine. But if I ever told anyone, oh, I just don't want to bulk up, you know, it's like, I have to work so hard so to bulk hard. up. Like, Holy that's mackerel. not going to be a, a case, right? Yeah. But, you know, with with females, yes, absolutely. There has to be a level of resistance training, you know. in in an older population, you're looking at osteopenia, osteoporosis for you know, non-weight-bearing type of exercise being an issue over time, right? Dieting, there's, there's a ton of issues, but that that's one of the things. Then the other thing is just overall musculature and, and health. You get this quote-unquote skinny fat from yo-yo dieting and then just doing some cardio, things like that, but resistance training is a must, period, and... You know, it's what level of resistance training? Yeah, that's a variable for everybody based on their goals or what they want to do regarding you know free time things like that. But uh, to answer your question, very 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 concisely, yes, yes is the answer. Good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I always advise that.
2: Good. That's that was my inclination, but I I don't really know about you know I it is. Quite rare. Although I do, I guess Barry's boot camp includes some weights stuff, right? But Mm -hmm.
3: I I still even still picture it mostly being kind of aerobics or... And and it's okay to blend the two. That's a very common way of exercising now, you know? It's like you get both in 30 minutes or whatever it is, right? right? And it's small weights, large repetition, and cardio built in. Right. And, And that's effective for a certain period of time, right? Yeah. But but eventually— You got to change it up. You got to change it up. Yeah. Right? yeah.
2: And, and again, the idea isn't like you got to build giant pecs, but you got to do something because that muscle is vitally important.
3: Right. You got to use it in order for your body to say, hey, I should hang on to this. Right. Otherwise,
2: it's gone. And just having some of it will help you to eat the fat and— Right. It'll, li- it'll increase your metabolism. Right. Right. See that?
4: Yeah. No, I'm on board with that. I knew that was important. Okay, good. (laughs) I
2: I just wanted to have it reiterated. No, absolutely. This was mostly for my wife.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Tell her not to hold me accountable. No.
2: (laughs) We're going to go do heavy bench press and squats. I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. Just some of it. All right. Well, Dr. Poe, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a fantastic conversation. No, I
3: appreciate it. As always, good to catch up. And uh, we always have great conversations. Yes, sir. I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, man. Bye.
2: Thanks for listening to American Glutton. If you have a question, you can submit it to americanglutton.net. Seth writes in, dieting while exercising or dropping weight first, then exercising. A lot of people say I should lose my fat first, then exercise. I enjoy exercising, but I'd be lying if I said I didn't feel the effects of trying to move around a 400-pound body in HIIT workouts. HIIT would be high-intensity interval training. Thanks for the question, Seth. Um, 400 pounds. I don't know what your physical capabilities are at 400 pounds, but I know when I was 400 pounds, I could certainly do some exercise. I don't know if I was up to doing hit exercises. When I was 500 pounds, I did not exercise a lot. I, I was more focused on losing some fat. Um, but then by the time I was 400 pounds, I could do some exercise. I don't know that I would recommend hit at that weight. You could even just be taking walks um, or or lifting some weights. Um, I don't know that I would have been doing something as intensive as hit stuff. So my recommendation to you is not to not exercise. It is to do both, but you know, you want to be wary of things like your knees and your ankles and stuff like that at higher weights so you could ride an exercise bike you know lifting weights shouldn't be a problem and continue to lose weight now if you want to do something radical and and drop a bunch of weight first totally fine but i think that the effects of exercise are super beneficial so i would not recommend not exercising thanks for your question seth Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee, and as always, joined by my chaperone, Paige Dorian. Follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely.
1: Hold up.